Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for joining me this Tuesday morning for this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am your host. And as you know, if you've been following me for a while, I get to interview some pretty amazing people. And I do that, like I said, I always tell you for a couple different reasons. One is, is that I want you to get as much value as you possibly can when you tune into the show every Tuesday. I want the show to give you exactly what you need in that moment. And two, I feel like we learn a lot when we hear other people's stories and we hear other people's learning moments, aha moments and light bulb moments. So today I'm really excited to talk to another very successful business owner, Sarah Roach Lewis. She has a really interesting story and also a way to reframe that when it comes to prioritizing yourself. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Allison. It's a pleasure. Outstanding. So before we get into what we're going to chat about, I would love for you just to give my audience just a little bit of background about yourself, your own story, your struggles, and how you really kind of how you got to where you are. Sure. I am now a feminist business strategist, and I help business owners, mostly women who want to grow and scale their business by really focusing on the two things that are most important in terms of business growth. And that is having a solid plan for your business and a solid self-care plan. I have been in business for five years, and my path to getting here was actually through the not-for-profit sector. So I worked in the not-for-profit sector for almost a decade, and I worked as a feminist. I got to do this really great work where I worked with women uh, to support them to make transformational change in their lives in a variety of capacities was able to work with my team to translate all of those experiences um, and stories that we heard into advocacy and um, encouraging public public policymakers, Mm -hmm. governments to make changes in our world that would benefit women. Mm -hmm. So I had this really fantastic job, but unfortunately I got burnt out and I needed to look to another pathway. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I talk, the more people I talk to, especially now that we're out of the pandemic and people are slowly kind of wrapping their heads around like what's next. This is exactly what I'm hearing. It's I'm burned out. I'm overscheduled. I'm over, you know, just way overdoing it. And at the end of the day, I'm burnt, you know, I'm just, I'm burnt and I just don't feel like I have anything left. So I think you're really touching on something that you know, it's quite common, I think, and not just in the business space, but in life in general. I know that you mentioned to me before we hopped on about your own struggle that you've had with self-care, I know. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about that just for a few minutes. Sure. So I have a chronic illness called Meniere's disease, which Mm -hmm. is an imbalance of the fluid in the inner ear. Mm -hmm. And it causes dizzy spells, hearing loss, and really general misery when it's Mm -hmm. active. Mm -hmm. I'm really quite lucky that for, so I've had it uh, since I was maybe 14 or 15. 
I had 10 years when my kids were little that I had virtually no episodes. So it was glorious. Yeah. But about, uh, oh gosh, like eight, uh, eight or nine years ago, it came back with a vengeance. And mm. I was still working at, at Women's Network at the time. And I was really quite ashamed of having this illness. And it, it really makes no sense when I say these words now, uh -huh. but that was where I was at at the time. I felt a lot of shame. I wanted to hide it. Mm -hmm. I believed that if people knew that I had this illness, um, that they would see me as unreliable yeah. and that they wouldn't, you know, work with us. Yeah. So when I started my business, I was, as I said, I, I was experiencing a fair bit of vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue mm -hmm. in the work that I was doing. And I just knew I needed to make a change. And, you know, a tiny little sidebar. So for those folks, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I am feeling burnt out, mm -hmm. but I don't know what to do. My path in that was really sifting and sorting. What about this job do I love? And what about it do I now hate? And really recognizing things like, well, I like flexibility. Well, actually, what I really like is autonomy. And when I realized that my core value, what is most important to me is supporting women to have, uh, is supporting women to have gender equality. I believe uh -huh. that gender equality can solve all of the world's problems. And so once I identified my core value, then I was able to really see that there are a whole lot of entry points to that. So that's a bit of a sidebar, but I think that's important for folks who are potentially feeling stuck, uh -huh. that there are these tiny actions that you can take to help find that path to unstuck. Yeah. And I also think too, just to piggyback on what you're saying, that I think when we get ingrained in doing what we're used to doing whether it's a physical habit or something that we do with for our mental health or self-care or business or whatever, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to get entrenched in that and think that when we hit the wall that, oh, well, this isn't working anymore. Or, you know, I just, something must be wrong with me, et cetera, et cetera. So I love how you said it's important to take a step back, evaluate, and, you know, ask ourselves, is what I'm doing really in alignment with what's important to me? Because I think we can get so used to just doing that we forget to ask ourselves that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where we can get really stuck. So if we mm -hmm. go to that, you know, the thread around self-care, I was a mess when I started my business. My The illness um, was in full-blown horribleness. I was super stressed not, and, and I wouldn't have never admitted it. I didn't think I was, but I was very stressed. I was in bad health, physical health. And I was driving home from work one day and I had a really bad dizzy spell and, and I put the car in the ditch. Wow. And yeah, so it was one of those, luckily I live in the country. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wasn't hurt. The car wasn't hurt, but we really have those moments of like, sometimes the universe whispers and sometimes yep. it roars. Yep. And that was a bit of a roar for me. Mm -hmm. And so I really ended up surrendering. And what I realized in, in hindsight, certainly not in the moment, but in that moment I surrendered and I thought, okay, if I'm going to be dizzy four days a week, 
and I've given up all of the security of a job, uh-huh. then I'm going to have to be in the best health that I can those other three days. And so I started walking outside and I started a mindfulness practice and I started eating better. And that was my 90 day plan. I'm just going to like, see what happens Mm -hmm. and, you know, stacking those tiny habits over time does make a huge difference. And, you know, I'd love to say, and I was never dizzy a day in my life again. That's not true. But um, my ability to manage um, my life, my business, my kids, my health is so much better because I put myself first. Oh, I love that because I feel like the more, especially as women too, I think the more that we can sh- literally shout that from the mountaintops, I think more and more, we just need to keep repeating that, like beating the drum, right? Because I think I think people everywhere just need to keep hearing that. I I do think that a lot of people have a story that it's selfish to want to do something for myself or prioritize myself in whatever way, you know, and I I think our culture has something to do with that. But I really do think that people struggle with that. Exactly. And people struggle with it because those are the messages that we have been told from the time that we are sorted into blue and pink onesies. (laughs) Girls and women are told to prioritize, you know, in order to be a good mother, Mm -hmm. a good wife, a good partner, a good business owner. All of those are putting other people's needs in front of our own. And so in this whole self-care journey, part of it is unpacking what is yours to own and what is yours to reject as societal norms. And so really our world is built on the unpaid labor of women and for Mm -hmm. those times when you feel like I'm being selfish for taking care of myself, Mm -hmm. reframe that as actually I am smashing the patriarchy. I am um, doing a very radical act by, you know, that walk for yourself, that spa day, that Uh 15 minutes alone. Those are radical acts. They really are. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's the little things that make the biggest difference for us. You know, I I think I love, you know, I like how you just said, oh, getting, having the spa day, getting the mani-pedi, the massage, whatever it is, it makes you feel good. But that in and of itself really isn't enough. I think we have to unpack what's under that and redefine that for ourselves. Well, and Allison, one of the things that I did, so in the, within the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, the joys and the challenges of the yeah, pandemic, right, right. Um, I realized, so my kids let, we have to drive them to the school bus mm-hmm. in the morning and we need to leave home at six forty-five in order to get them there for seven. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, when there wasn't this frantic start in the morning, I really realized that a slower start in the morning was incredibly beneficial to me. And those few times where there was a jolty start, there was a direct correlation to how I felt and how fuzzy and dizzy I felt. Mm -hmm. And so when the kids were going back to school in September, 
I said to my husband, uh, like, I'm tapping out. I'm not, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, we're all human, he would uh, occasionally say, like, who's taking the kids to school tomorrow? Remember, that's you. Remember, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the old me would have done the martyr. I would have sworn under my breath. I would have been annoyed. And I would have gritted my teeth and said, fine, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. But by not doing that, it really took very little time for them to, for him to remember that, oh yeah, that's not my job. And that is what self-care looks like. Yeah. That I am a better human, a better mother, a better person, wife, all of those things, because I don't do that in the morning. Yeah. No, I love that. I just think that's such a a simple example. So really what it comes down to what I'm hearing you say is, is that we have to change what we think is acceptable and what isn't acceptable to us. And even if it's a simple decision that, you know, I'm going to speak up and say, this isn't what I want, that that's incredibly empowering. That's probably even more empowering than say, I'm going to take today off and I'm going to go to the spa. Yeah, because uh, like you said, you know, spa days don't uh, look. I love spas. Same, <laughs> I, I know I'm with you. Yeah, I'm I not am, saying anything's wrong with that. In love with spas, yeah. but but spa days are not the. Those are the like the cherry on top of your self care mm-hmm. practice. They are mm-hmm. not your self care practice. Yeah, and for me, the root and the foundation is you know, getting outside, I go for a walk every morning, my friend, my dear friend, Susan lives in a different province uh, than I do. We live, you know, several thousand kilometers away from each other. And Mm -hmm. every morning um, at 730 my time, we go out and we walk for 45 minutes to an hour. It does not matter what the weather is. It does not matter if it is raining or snowing. We go and we have a walk. And that both for all of the, I get activity, mm-hmm. I get fresh air, mm-hmm. I get personal connection, yep. I get really great business advice because she, she's also a business owner mm-hmm. with more experience than me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it is a wonderful, it is a wonderful part of my day, and that is what I would say self care looks like. It's the big and the little. Mm-hmm. It's the learning and the unlearning, and I think that's that is the key piece. Is And I think the other piece to it is practicing self-care is an excellent opportunity to be okay with people being wrong about you. Oh, yeah. I love that, too, because I think that really speaks to a lot of what we've been talking about, you know, about the traditional roles and the expectations and the belief systems around what, you know, what's acceptable for men, what's acceptable for women and vice versa. And I just think that I think that's a really important point to make. Yeah. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook, and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, if you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, 
I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. And I love how you taught you, you mentioned, if I could just piggyback for one minute about the walk and how that checks so many boxes for you, because what's coming up for me around that whole decision-making process, which is really what you were walking us through, is that you're not only reinforcing the habit of physical activity and movement and all the other things that taking a walk with your friend does for you, it's also reinforcing to yourself that this is an absolute non-negotiable. So you're really putting yourself first by saying this is a non-negotiable and I will not sacrifice this for something else. It's so true. And we really don't sacrifice it. It is very rare that we don't walk. And this year I actually bought a treadmill. I mean, where I live, it gets so cold and miserable. Oh yeah. Um, But I bought a treadmill. Um, uh, a few oh, in September and I'm, ge- I'm getting old um, <laughs> and it gets, the, the cold is harder, but you know, it's funny. The treadmill is there for the days where it's a raging blizzard. Mm-hmm. And today was the first day that I went outside and the temperatures were in the, in the negative mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of snow coming down and we were both complaining because she actually got a lot of snow where she is. Yeah. And we were both complaining about like, oh, are we too old to walk outside now? Yeah, like, and freezing too. You're and, like, dang, I'm freezing my tail off here. Well, but that's it. Right. Um, and yet. When it was all said and done, she sent me a text later and it's like, actually, no, this is still, this is what um, makes for a really great winter is when we embrace it, when we have the right gear and when we just go outside and go for a walk. And she's absolutely right. Like for me, if there's only the one thing, because I also recognize that, you know, there was a time in my life I was driving, you know, 45 minutes each way to work. I had kids who were little in the like daycare and, and, you know, early years of school, uh, you know, all of the, all of the active things of life, a, a, a fairly heavy job. I thought mm-hmm. self-care was ridiculous and yeah. I thought it was stupid yeah. and I couldn't quite possibly imagine where in that world I would jam it in. So mm-hmm. I'm aware that, you know, I have a lot of privilege now that mm-hmm. my kids are old enough. My husband is, so, you know, supportive of my, of my morning routine. Yeah. And so really encouraging that, like, what I do might not work for you. Yeah. It's finding those and getting really clear on what do you need in order to feel like your batteries are recharged. So many of us are feeling drained and it's really about what makes your batteries charged up. No, I love that. I love how you said, this is what works for me. It might not work for you, but you could find something else that checks all of these boxes. Yeah, basically. And, you know, here's just another thought I want to reflect back to you. And this just dropped in for me as we were talking is that, you know, The fact that you're claiming that this routine every day is your non-negotiable, and it it what what I'm hearing you say is not really it's the walk, it's the other things that it does for you. 
You know, it allows you to really show up more in your business, to be a better wife, to be a better mom, to be a better business owner, to be a better coach, to be a better friend, et cetera, et cetera. And it's because of this empowering decision-making process around doing something for yourself and claiming it as your own, that you're able to do all of these amazing things in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It is that, I mean, we hear it so often now, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. That is... It's true. And I think for me, part of the self-care practice and part of the things that I do, and and, and I ebb and flow, that is the non-negotiable. There are lots of other things that ebb and flow. Part of what I see, and I saw during the pandemic, in particular, the early times of the pandemic, is having this practice, whatever yours looks like, mm-hmm. for me it helps me bounce back more quickly. Yeah. I have yeah. teagers and they are like, oh man. Yeah. Um, I'm consuming. <laughs> right. Yeah. And just yeah. like so much work. Yeah. Um, and have such interesting conversations around them and life and all of the, you know, we are that sandwich generation of, of parents and kids and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, life is hard. Yeah. And what I see is the is the focus and attention on taking care of self mm-hmm. allows me to bounce back more quickly. Like it doesn't mean that, you know, it's all sunshine and roses every single day. No, some days are super, super hard. Right. It's that totally. I that coming back to center happens more easily with when I am taking care of myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I really, what I just heard in that is that this is what helps me continue to build resilience and strength, mm. which you embody in the work that you do. And mm-hmm. it's because you're walking the walk and you're not just talking the talk. Yes. And it's not, uh, and I, I think the piece of that is that it's not always consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there are certain things that I do that are not negotiable mm-hmm. and there are other things that, that ebb and flow. You know, I had a great meditation practice for a really long time. And then for some reason I just stopped doing it. Yeah. Like, I, well, that happens. I mean, it happens, um, you, know? you know, and so then I, I'm, I've, I found my way back, um, doing, you know, a few different things, but I think that sometimes it's also, you know, what's happening in our life. And mm-hmm. sometimes we need to be, I always say we need to be kind and gentle mm-hmm. and firm with ourselves. It's one of yeah. the things I talk about in the book, yeah. um, in terms of, you know, a strategy for how do you, you know, how do you play hurt? So like, how do you get through in these times when um, life is difficult and, you know, being as committed as you can um, to these practices, but also recognizing that sometimes we just need to be kind and gentle with ourselves. Sometimes we probably just, um, you know, need tea and sympathy or a yeah. chocolate bar or a glass yeah. of wine. Yeah. And that's being kind and gentle. The yeah. firm is And the next day you get up and you go for a walk. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, give yourself a little grace and recognize that you're going to drop the ball sometimes too, but the very next day, pick the ball back up and keep going. Yeah. So let's say someone out there is listening to our conversation and they're, they're really like thinking, wow, she's really speaking my language. What would you advise somebody on a direction that they can start today? (laughs) A baby steps. Yeah. When I started, I literally walked for five minutes 
in the backyard. And I know often we, you know, fitness folks or people will say, you know, go for five, like kind of tell yourself you're going to go for five minutes. Um, but then you'll go for an hour or 20 minutes or whatever. But uh-huh. for me, I really only could wobble around the backyard for five minutes. Yeah. And that's how I started was yeah. five minutes. And then I came back in and then I laid down again. Yeah. Um, and so that is probably the, the number one thing is just go slow. Uh-huh. And number two is that like, just be kind to yourself. We are so mean to ourselves. We speak to ourselves in ways we would never speak to our friends, Absolutely. our kids, our partners. Yeah. 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 So those would be my two if we're, you know, at the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And then if I were to squeeze in a third, mm-hmm. it would be to, if nothing else, just ensure your good habits outweigh your bad. Yeah. So moderation is what I'm hearing you say, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's real easy. We're creatures of habit and that can be good and bad, right? Yeah. So we can try to do like start with the baby steps to use your word and then have like the week from hell, pardon my French, you know, mm-hmm. where nothing really seems to go. And then before we know it, we're out of the habit before we even begin it. So I think there's really two lessons in that. It's really, you know, giving ourselves grace, but at the same time, recognizing that, you know, it is going to ebb and flow a little bit and just, you know, not to let that define us. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Sarah, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at S Roach Lewis. You can come and check out my website where you can find all of the things, um, Mm -hmm. which is sherules.biz. And there, I I mean, I really encourage folks to download. I've got uh, free chapters of my book and Uh that the book is really designed for these bite-sized little tips, tricks, and tactics. Uh I have a whole chapter around self-care, but it really is infused in the whole thing. I love it. I love it. And tell us where we can find your book. So you can find it on Amazon. Um, and you can really, the easiest place is just to go to sherules.biz. Um, and there, there's a link to the book. You, there's a place where you can buy it. There's a place where you can download a few free chapters and check it out. Oh, I love it. I love that. So any parting words? Well, I'm just really grateful for this conversation. I think it is an important one to have and it's long overdue. Yes. I could not agree more. So I really appreciate um, your candidness and your your openness and not just talking about your story, but, you know, actually giving, there's just so many golden nuggets in what we talked about. So I thank you for that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So if anyone out there is listening, um, well, I know there are a lot of people out there listening, but but for you out there listening and you feel like this conversation is inspiring you, that's giving you hope, giving you permission, giving you you know, that nudge that you need, please feel free to connect with Sarah. You can go to her website at sherules.biz. You can find out about her book. I know I'm going to go download my free chapters um, and definitely check that out Um, or connect with her on her socials as well. You'll find all those links in the show notes. And before we sign off, I just want to say how thankful and grateful I am for all of your support of this show and my message. These types of conversations are exactly what we need to be having not just as women, but as business owners and citizens as well, because we cannot do any good in the world 
if we're not prioritizing how we look after ourselves. And I think we have a really unique opportunity out of the pandemic as we look toward the future to decide what we want our future to actually look like. So I really would encourage you to think about what that looks like for you and just know how thankful and grateful I am for all of your support. We are heard all over the world. We reach more people every week. And I love hearing from you. Please feel free to drop me a DM through my socials. You can go to my website at www.theallisonk and drop me an email. Um, and just tell me what resonated with you about this conversation. Um, and if you feel so inclined, please do leave us a review. We are heard, we are seen and heard on all major podcast platforms. This is Allison Kaskowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one.